Well, it's Saturday, and we find ourselves in between the moment of the crucifixion and the moments of the resurrection. If we could travel through time and space from 2,000 plus years ago to this tomb where Jesus had been laid, here's what we would find. We would find the tomb being heavily guarded by Roman soldiers. We would find the entrance of the tomb had been covered with a huge stone and that area sealed with a Roman seal. That's the context. That's what's taking place um, during this moment in time. And if there was ever evidence that indicated Jesus had been stopped, this was it. This was the moment. He's dead, sealed away in a tomb, and it's even being guarded by Roman soldiers. It looks as though he's been stopped. But we know, based on Scripture, based on the Word of God, that he hadn't been stopped, that something is still taking place. And there are several theories on what is exactly taking place while Jesus was in the tomb. And this video is not intended to, to defend a position or, or to get into some sort of theological discussion on why I believe what was taking place in the tomb. I, I do want to quickly share what I believe and why I believe it. Um, but that's not the purpose of this video. But some of the theories say that um, when Jesus was in the tomb that he descended into hell and he took the keys to hell. Some say that um, Jesus descended to a place called Hades. Some say he um, went to a place and ministered and shared the gospel to the to the people that rebelled in the days of Noah. Some say that his that his spirit ascended to heaven and then returned to his body um, before the resurrection. Some say he went to a place called paradise and ministered to the men, the women, the children of faith um, in the Old Testament. And, and that's actually the position that I take. And I, I'll quickly share why I believe that. Um, one reason is because when um, Jesus tells the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, um, the rich man dies, Lazarus dies, and Jesus says that the rich man's in a place of torment. And he calls out across this great divide, this great chasm, and he calls out to Abraham. And he says, have Lazarus dip his finger in water and send him to touch my tongue um, to relieve me from this torment. And there's a dialogue, a conversation that takes place. So that tells me Jesus has given us insight into um, this the place of dead, um, this separation, this divide between the people of faith and the people of rebellion. So I believe that shows it that, that there is that there are locations that um, that aren't hell and aren't heaven. And we also have the moment on the cross when Jesus looks to the criminal and he says, "Today you'll be with me in paradise." Well, to me, that says that Jesus didn't ascend, descend to a place called hell or descend to a place called Hades, but that he went to a place called paradise. And then there's a moment in, um, in John chapter 20. It's after the resurrection and 
Jesus encounters Mary. And she is overjoyed, as you can imagine, and she wants to embrace Him and hug Him and wrap her arms around Him. And Jesus tells her, don't cling to me because I haven't ascended to the Father yet. So I take that, my interpretation of that is that He has not yet gone to heaven. So when you, when you take all of these things, the conclu- conclusion I draw is that when he died and while he was in the tomb, he went to a place called paradise, the same place he told the rich man where he would be. And it was a place where the Old Testament um, men and women of faith were. And I believe that Jesus went and ministered to them and fellowship with them and he ripped the gates of death off its hinges. And when Jesus ascended, arose from the dead and ascended to heaven, that, that those joined him there. Now we, today, we, we don't go to those holding places. The Bible says that to be, um, for those of us in Christ, when we die, then we are immediately joined with Christ. That's a whole nother lesson. But again, this video is not intended to um, establish um, a theological position and try to support that and try to convince you to um, believe one way or another. That's not what this is. You see, the Bible gives us insight into the nature and character of God. We know about God as we know more about His Word. We, We know more about Him as we know more about his word and what it teaches us. It gives us the insight we need into his nature and his character. And here's what I believe is significant and important about the reality that's it, that something was taking place while Jesus his in, in bodily form was dead. While his body was in the tomb, no life, no breath in his lung, no heartbeat, It looks as though he had been stopped, but he hadn't. He was still doing something. He was still on the move, still working. And if you watch the video we posted about the cross yesterday, then you may be picking up on this theme right now, is that he is always on the move and always working. That song, the song Waymaker, I love the part, and I think it's so appropriate um, for for this time where it says that even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. This is the nature and character of our God, that even when he didn't have life in his body, he was still on the move and still working, still accomplishing his plan and his will. That is our God. That that is the God that I serve. That if when we find ourselves in those moments of those in-between moments, maybe where it seems like no progress is being made, nothing is changing, everything is the same. we, we, We get tired of it. We want it to be different. We want circumstances to be different, but it's not changing. And that may be our reality today, but the, but the overall reality is, is that when we lock arms with Jesus and we place our faith, our hope, and our confidence in Him, we have locked arms with a God that is always on the move.
He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He never gets tired. He never gets exhausted. He never gets weary. He never gets worn out. He is always on the move and working to accomplish his perfect will and his great plan. He cannot be stopped. He cannot be silenced. He cannot be chained down or held down or confined to a grave. Stick him in a grave and he's still moving and still working. That's the God that we serve. That's the significance of the tomb is that it shows us even more so that the nature and character of God is to always be on the move, even when it looks like everything has stopped. Hmm. That's our God. That's my God. That's the, that's, he's an incredible God. I'm thankful that I serve a God that while all evidence shows he stopped, that he's still, like I said yesterday, like a great maestro orchestrating everything into its rightful, its proper place. That's the God that we, that's the, that's the God that I serve and that's the God that I hope that you serve. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for what you reveal to us through your word. That you give us even greater insight into who you are, your nature and your character as we study more about your word. Thank you that you are always on the move, always working things out to accomplish your perfect plan. And God, we know that as we lock arms with you and place our faith, our hope, and our trust in you, we know that you are going to lead us to a place that is perfect. We worship you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you again. Thank you for taking a moment to check out this video. And uh, hope you have an incredible day.